there's such a joy that's released because of the revelation because you see him more clearly. And it doesn't just have to happen once. You can, you can get it. kind of that epiphany, revelation. And you can't help to be excited and overwhelmed with the joy of the Lord. I mean, last Sunday, this place, come on, glued with the joy of the Lord. I didn't do nothing. The Holy Ghost just hit the place. The joy just flowed. God did it. (laughs) Tara, is it Tara? Tara? (laughs) This sweetheart got touched by the power of God. Surrendered her heart. Yeah, I'm not going to make them put the camera on you or anything like that. And then as she just received the love and forgiveness of Jesus, the joy of the Lord smacked her. And she was filled. That's what happens when you get delivered. You get happy. I've never seen, I've never seen anybody serve a sentence and then get out and be all depressed. Boy, that first day they're out of jail, they're happy. (laughs) The thing is, is you've already been set free by the blood of the lamb. You just got to make a decision to walk out of that cell and accept what he has done on Calvary's cross and step over into that joy. Step over into this. God is a God of your emotions. He created you with the emotions. Understand that. Religion and tradition has got people all bound up and, 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 and they painted a picture and, and it's not even the picture of God. It's not even the heart of God that, that you got to sit prim and proper and, and be still and oh, that's too excessive joy, you know. And Pastor Debbie, I mean, she hit on the excessiveness of God. I mean, she began to go through creation. She went through the word of God. She went through everything. Because Jesus says, I've come, the thief is the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Here, I'll give you the, it, it's John 10, 10, in case you want to know where this verse is. I mean, I want you to know this. And by the way, I'm going to go back and recorrect last Sunday because I said 2 Corinthians. No, it was 1 Corinthians chapter 2 concerning about, you know, um, I didn't come with persuasive words of men's wisdom. My speech wasn't with persuasive words of men's wisdom, but in demonstration in the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? And in the Amplified Version talks about that, that while it was still yet speaking, that the Holy Ghost stirred within them their most holy emotions, thus persuading them. Amen? I know I chopped it up a little bit, but you got the gist of it. I just had to recorrect that because I remember I listened back to the podcast. How many are listening to the podcasts? All right, hey, let's get some more listeners on there because it's good to maturate and listen to the word over and let that in. And especially as God's moving the body. See, he's moving this body. He moves this body in a different direction. I, I listen to the Holy Ghost. I ask him what he wants me to minister. I'm very, I, I have to be very, very, like, ear to the heaven in a sense amen and listen to the holy ghost and sometimes he'll have me on things like we were on the authority of the church for i don't know how long 
about four or five months. I might take a little detour and then I come right back. The Holy Ghost keeps bringing it right back to that. Or, or a couple of years ago, it was on the love of God. And it was on the love of God for like a year. And then before that, it was about the Holy Ghost. Just on the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. His ways, the way he operates and how we need to cooperate with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And let him work in and through us. Hallelujah. So, so it's good. Just, just you stay in the flow. You listen. So you can just take time to listen to the podcast. You, can, it's on, you just look up uh, the River Northwest Church. It's on Spotify. It's also on Anchor, um, through Anchor um, podcast. So there's, there, you can look it up and, 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 and listen to those. And we'll upload this service um, either tonight or tomorrow. But we'll, we want to get it up there for you guys to be able to just feed on the Word of God, the truth of God's Word. Amen? Yeah. Amen? It's good while you're working, if you can do it while you're working. Some places you can, some you can't. But, um, or while you're driving in your car. Amen? Yeah. So, so we have that up, and we have some more things that are going to be coming down the pike. But uh, listen, we, we, it's important that we keep our hearts yielded and surrendered to the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. And surrendered to Him and to His presence. I mean, it's about the presence of the Lord. And when the presence of the Lord comes, when revival hits, when there is a shaking, when the Spirit of God moves, people don't even know what it looks like sometimes because religion has, in a sense, put the Holy Ghost in a box. And that's not what He's... That's not what he's that's not his heart. That's not his desire. That's not even a proper picture of the church. Sometimes things come unglued, and it might look like mayhem. But you just trust the Holy Spirit. You trust God. You let the Holy Ghost move, you, and you open your heart, and you allow the Spirit of God to move. Well, I'm afraid I might get a devil. You're not going to get a devil. If, your heart, if you've surrendered your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ... You, you've, the blood of Jesus is on you. You open your heart and you say, Holy Spirit, you move in me the way you want to move. And I'm just going to surrender to it. Because we have a lot of visitors here. And I just want to just touch on these things. You might see somebody overjoyed with the joy of the Lord. Or, or just weeping like my cousin Jerry is here. Just before the presence of God. Jesus, whatever you want to do, just do it. You know, just overwhelmed with the presence of God. And really... You know what just blesses the heart of the Father if all of y'all were on your face, faces before the Lord like that. Jesus, whatever you want to do, I'm here consecrated and broken before the Lord. Amen. I'm not talking broken because of life breaking you. I'm talking broken in the sense of, of God, what, that, that my heart is rent before you, that you do what you want to do, and you're jumping in and going after him with everything because that's where real change takes place because then your heart is made soft to receive the word of God, and when his word enters into your heart and your heart has been rent before him, then guess what's going to happen is that seed of the word of God will germinate. Because it's soft, and then it will begin to grow and become alive. And you start beginning to, to look like Jesus, the Word become flesh. That's His whole desire is that you look like Him. You smell like Him. You talk like Him. Now, now He's in you, and you are in Him, right? Amen? 
because of his precious blood. Now, he still lets you keep your own uh, um, sense of humor and those different things, those characteristics, as long as line, the characteristics line up with his word. Amen. But, uh, but there's some things. You're, we're different. Because God is so awesome and multifaceted, each of you have different gifts from the Lord. So you're going to be a little different. Look at all this. I mean, everybody looks so different. I mean, everybody has all the different looks, you know. And, and you know how the enemy, he tries to make you just down talk yourself and, and look at him. I don't like the way this looks and that looks. No, stop that. You, you, you stop that. You were made in his image and in his likeness and you have his characteristics. He loves you. And, and you just, just stop with that nonsense. And just get into him and God will do the work. On the, you will stop worrying about yourself, what you look like, and you start looking like him and, and it'll be beautiful. Yes. Amen. Stop looking at the way the world looks at beauty and all that other stuff. Knock it off. We can't. Mm -mm. Because why? Why? Because we start thinking the way the world thinks, the way beauty needs to be. And, and, and what's going to happen is going to hinder you from being able to do what God has called you to. Because you're going to be afraid. Well, I'm too short. I'm too tall. I, 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 um, I got one eye, you know, going this way, you know. My nose is too big. My chin's too big, you know. My ears are too small. I mean, we, we can get so caught up with this surfacey thing, and it's not about the surface. Don't shout out down what, G, what God has made. He made you. And don't, go, and don't get mad at God. So you should have made me different. No, you're the clay. He is the potter. He formed you. He made you. He knitted you in your mother's womb. He knew. And you were born for such a time as this to make an impact in the world. We got society twisting little girls up into all kinds of stuff, and it's demonic, and it's sick, and, 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 and it must come crashing down in Jesus' name. Our confidence isn't in how we look. Our confidence is in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Ghost must be wanting to touch on this because this is farthest from what I was going going. Listen, when your heart is beautiful, and if you've surrendered your heart to the Lord, when you've surrendered your heart to the Lord, then you are made beautiful. That's the true beauty. That's the true beauty. You are precious. Men can say this too. Say, I'm beautiful in the Lord. I'm beautiful. You're beautiful. And I'm not trying to make this some kind of self-help, you know, make your self-esteem building kind of service, but <laughs> that's not what this is. I'm not, you know, seven ways to a, a happier life, you know. <laughs> no, you just get into the Word of God. And stop looking at yourself and start looking at Him. Start looking at him. It's, it's not self-confidence, it's God-confidence. 
It's confident, confidence. Because he's in you. And I know my Bible tells me that I'm a more, more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. That's what you are. You're more than a conqueror. That, what does that mean? That means you're not defeated. And the enemy sits here and bombards people's minds and throttles them and, and just telling them they're, they're, they're no good. Or they build them up and say, oh, you're beautiful, you're this, you're that. So you can have this pied, puffed up, ugly heart. There's a ditch on both sides. But if you want to be in right balance, walk by the Spirit. Live in His Word. Live in His truth. That's the only balance there is. Everything else is is unbalanced. That's why it's important that we, we turn away from the way that seems right to a man because its way leads to destruction. And we turn to His Word and His truth. Amen? Well, first off, where does that begin? It starts where Jesus said, he goes, nobody can come to the Father except through me. There's only one way to the Father is through Christ Jesus. What does he mean by through him? He means through his blood. It's through his blood. It's his blood that cleanses you of all unrighteousness. So that you can stand before a holy God. Because if it was not for his blood, we wouldn't be able to handle nothing. We, we're gone. It's just like. <laughs> That's why we need the blood of Jesus to stand. It's not about what we do and what we can do. It's about what he did and we continue to live in what he did. That's why we live in Christ's victory. Well, his victory was that he defeated sin. He destroyed it. He destroyed sin. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. The works of the devil was to get people to miss the mark, to sin. And to have a heart full of iniquity, a heart that would reject God, resist his ways. Listen, rejecting God isn't saying, God, I reject you. Rejecting God is, is choosing to do something that he set in his word. It says, we don't do that. Well, he doesn't want you to have fun. No, not at all. That way just leads to death. It's outside the realm of God. It's not him. And and the only way to have life is to be in him. And he in you. That's the only way to have real true life. And the only way that we can have this true life is through the blood of Jesus. And we don't want to have this attitude of, of... well, he understands. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, you're not. You're a saint. Saved. Through the cross and blood of Jesus Christ. And that's, let's not diminish the power of the cross or his blood. With that kind of language. And to make an excuse. And then what we wind up doing is trampling on the blood of Jesus. A high price that was paid. 
And the only reason I believe that there's a lot of people that would not be trampling upon the blood of Jesus the way they do if they understood the word and understood the truth and had revelation of his truth. But the pulpits of the land have, have watered down this message. I'm not saying all of them. But there's many that are out there and have watered this down. And I'm not ministering on that today. But I'm just touching on that briefly. He is holy God. And he said, be holy for I'm holy. So there is, there is a holiness. But... He's not telling you to try to do it in your own strength, your own might. That's why he sent Jesus. That's why its blood is so precious that he sent Jesus to empower you to live a life of holiness and righteousness to be able to say, no, I don't want you. It's kind of like, you know, that guy coming come in like you're tackling me. It's kind of like that. You're still coming a little lower. That way I could have that way I could have done the whole. Amen. See, because, uh, you know, I, I, Pastor Mark just smacked it last night. Oh, it was powerful on the word. I mean, we were at uh, the stand in Washington. What a powerful week, you know. Um, matter of fact, that week we took off, I really missed you guys. I mean, it was awesome just having this every night. I, I, I would have extended another week if, if she didn't have the stand, but I wanted to just support Pastor Debbie and be a part of what's going on there. We're all making a stand for the gospel, for his truth and, and righteousness and true liberty within the nation. Amen. And true liberty comes through the word, comes through the truth, comes through Christ Jesus. Amen. And so, but we went down there. I mean, and one of the things that he said that really was just so profound is that, you know, the potency of sin. And we, and, and really... The church as a whole doesn't still recognize that potency of it and how nasty it is and how gross it is and how it's designed to take you out and destroy you. The wages of sin is... But after we sin, we don't die necessarily this body. So then there's this kind of whole thing where people are like, okay, well... And then it's just this struggle and this, this whole thing. And, then, and you're like, no, that's not the way he's called us to live. It's potent. It's there to kill you. Adam sinned once, and guess what? He was cut off. And that's what one of the things he was saying. He was like, Adam was cut off. There is a severity like, whoa. That's why we have to remain in Christ Jesus. If you remain in him, you're not going to be cut off. But if we keep getting outside of him and thank God for his mercy because he keeps calling us back again. He says, stop, stop doing that. Stop playing with that stuff. Stop giving into it and come to me. Stay in me. Because there is a thief who's out to steal, kill, and destroy. And he'll do whatever he can to, to deceive and just say, it's, it's just okay. Just a little bit's okay. Not even a little bit. 
And then you're like, well, how can, I, how can we be saved? Jesus. You've got to hold on to Jesus. You've got to stay in him. You've got to stay in fellowship with him. Stay in the word. Stay focused on that. And, 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 and cut off the love of the world. I'm sure we can pinpoint some things in our hearts that just, that's got to go. Let the Holy Ghost deal with your heart. Let him go in and cut these things out. Amen. But when you have really seen Jesus and you've really seen the clarity of, of this message and the power of the cross and, and the blood of Jesus to cleanse you, to deliver you, to set you free, there's great joy. And, and you, you just, it's not that you're just trying to change your behavior. What happens is you take on his nature and your behavior changes. You're not trying to force your behavior like, this is the way I'm going to be. I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good. You can't be good without God. You need him in you. Just say, I need your help. Flood me. Fill me so I can do this. Now, if I'm sitting here always just riding Pablo here, dude, you, you got to stop right now. You're going to just always on him and just like, stop, stop. Yeah, like for a while, it's just, it just becomes legalistic and he's just like, I can't even do this. I can't even, I can't do this. I can't live this. And that's what the Old Testament was. They just like. That was the purpose for. Let's just go there. I'm just going to turn there really fast. Romans chapter. Eight. I will get. I will get to the message. (laughs) You're like what? I thought you're. Why? Because I want to empower you to live in righteousness so that you can encounter the presence of the Lord because his presence is good. It is amazing. It's fullness of joy. And you get to receive true pleasures, heavenly pleasures that blow away any earthly pleasure. The enemy has his, you know, cares of the world. He's got all these other things that he brings, the crap. He tries to bring the pleasures, the riches, and pleasures of the world when really we just need the pleasures of the kingdom. And when you experience and taste of the goodness of God, then you really don't want any of the, anything else the world really has to offer. And you might be sitting here in this place struggling a little bit with this. Like, hold on, what do you mean? I got to give up this? I got to give up that? I can't watch movies anymore? I can't watch TV anymore? I can't do this? Is that what you're saying? No, it's got to be the revelation of what the Lord's telling you to lay down. Now, I mean, there are some no-brainer things. I mean, it's not, it's probably a good idea not to, to, go sit down and, and have a marathon of watching, you know, Freddy Cougar or uh, Friday, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Friday the 13th or, or whatever, these other movies that, that don't, yeah. uh, they're all evil. Yeah. It's probably a good idea not to go and, and just go clubbing all night. You know what I'm saying? I mean, those are some things are... Or going to go take drugs or, you know, just drink a bunch of alcohol and just think, oh, it's fine. 
It's probably not a good idea. It leads to destruction. Are you catching what I'm saying? And I said it that way to drive a point home. Because it'll destroy you. Amen? We don't do those things. Okay, so there's the no-brainers, but then there's these other things in our life that, that take away affection. And, and, and really erode the relationship. The fullness of this relationship that you could have with the Lord. So Romans chapter 8. And verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those which are where? In Christ Jesus. So in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For with the law, for what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh... God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. So he says, because of the weakness of the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. We were unable to fulfill the law, but Jesus, because he was perfect, he was able, he was mature, he was able to not sin. He did not sin. He was without sin. And he became sin who knew no sin. He became sin for us so that we could be delivered. The power of sin is destroyed. Why? It would, he destroyed the power of sin so that we could be brought back into rightness and fellowship with our heavenly Father and experience the pleasures of the kingdom, the goodness of God, the joy of the Lord. But the only way that you can continue to experience this is to remain in Christ Jesus. What does it mean to remain in Him? It means to remain in His Word. It means to feed on His truth. It's a, it goes a little deeper than just a daily devotional. I'm glad you're doing a daily devotional. If you're doing a daily devotional. But it's got to get a bit deeper than that daily devotional. It's got to become a relationship. That you're fellowshipping with the word of God. You're opening it and you're fellowshipping with God. You're communing with Father. The scripture comes out. You see a scripture that speaks to your heart. So you meditate on it. You start thinking it over. You mull it over. You commune with Heavenly Father about it. You talk to Him about it. Even if you talk out loud. Well, I don't want to look weird talking to myself. No, you just talk out loud. Because actually, when it says, it says to mutter it. It says to mutter it. But even as you're muttering, you, you, you also meditating on it. You're seeing yourself living it out. You see yourself doing it. But what happens is that scripture becomes alive on the inside of you. It becomes real to you. It's not just in one ear and out the other. 
so that you could grow up in Christ Jesus, that you can mature. You've accepted Jesus. You've accepted the power of the cross. You've accepted that he shed his blood and that he rose again from the dead, that you died with him, you rose with him, and maybe that's another time I'll have to teach on that. So that you have a revelation and understanding of it. Because when you have a revelation and understanding of it, it just begins to resonate in your heart. And you begin to have the, 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 the heart like Paul had. He says, what do I have to do with the world and the world with me? I'm dead to the world and the world is dead to me. I'm crucified to the world is what he said. And the world is crucified to me. I mean, think about that. And sometimes in this present day and age, when you say crucified, you're like, it means I am executed to the world. And the world is executed to me. So if the world is dead to you and you to the world, then how can you do anything that's in the world? You're dead to it. As long as you remain in Christ Jesus, as long as you remain in his blood, that you don't step outside of his will, but you stay within his will. But thank God, thank God, if we sin, if, if we sin, then we have an advocate with the Father. And we can repent. Thank you, Lord. And we can turn. Thank God for his mercy. Thank you, Amen. His mercy to come to him again. But we want to get out of that mentality thinking of the yo-yo Christian. This is the way I am. This is the way we are. This is, we're just sinners saved. No, you're not a sinner saved by grace. You're a saint. It's just you renew your mind that you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. That you are his. And what it is is you're taking the word and destroying the thoughts of the way that seem right to a man. The way the man thinks. And you begin to take on God's thoughts. God's heart. And the only way that that can be done is through giving yourself to his word. But now, as you're doing this, then you come to a setting just like this, and the spirit of God is just blowing up everywhere. Guess what? You're able to just dive right in and receive. It doesn't work because you've seen it already through the word of God. You've seen it through scriptures, and you're able to just relax and let God. You, you recognize his presence. You recognize his spirit. You know. I mean, that's one thing that... Oh, they're not here right now. I don't know. Tammy and um, uh, Julio. Yeah, we keep wanting to say Jose. It's Julio. <laughs> I want to do the same thing. <laughs> but Julio, but Julio, when they, they were picking the blackberries, came over, and at first they said, was this a party? And as soon as he got over here, he goes, no, this is, this is church. This is the church. And then he says, I recognized the spirit of the Lord because he came from a church in Guatemala just like this. You see, he experienced it. He's, he's been with the Lord. So when you step over and you come to a place, you're not, you're not going you're, you're gonna to know that, wow, this is God. You can recognize the difference between strange fires and what is pure and what's holy and what's God. That's why it's important that we give ourselves to God's word because it's like he says, my word is, is like a sword. It's a sword. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, should I say. And, and it divides and, and, and cuts asunder those things. And you can go down to the very thoughts and the intents of the heart. 
It lays it bare. It lays your heart. It's, it exposes those things that, that don't belong there. Things that maybe we've held on to because we've confessed them. We said, Lord, you are going to be the Lord of my life. I, you come and make your home on the inside of me. Well, he's going to go through and say, okay, you got to keep letting go. You let go of that. Let go of that. That's not, that's not the kingdom. That's not kingdom living there. That's not kingdom living here. That's not the way we do it here and here. I'm going to flood you with my spirit so that you can actually do this. I've given you my spirit. Not only did I cleanse you of all unrighteousness with my precious blood and raised you up with me to sit with me in heavenly places. Amen. He says, I'm also going to give you my spirit. I'm not just going to give you my spirit to live within you so he can tell you things to come and all that. I'm also going to empower you with my spirit. I'm going to baptize you with his power. Because it's, I'm not just going to give you power to live righteously. I'm going to give you power to help set others free. I'm going to give you an anointing from the Holy One. So your job, really, there's a, your job is, first off and foremost, your love relationship with him, and you grow in him. And then the second step is that you go out and you begin to, to just reach the lost and set the captives free. Jesus is the standard. Amen? Now, listen, if you're already sitting here, if there's... Any thoughts of saying, I don't know if I can do this. Stop it now. You're right. You can't do it. In your own strength, you can't do it. But you can do all things through, through Christ who strengthens you. That's why Paul said, it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. He says, I'm dead. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live. I've been executed with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. And the life I now live in this world, in this, in this body, when he means, he's not talking about the flesh of sin, he's talking about the body that holds the spirit, your spirit man. I live by faith in the Son. Of God in Christ Jesus. I live by faith. Amen. Amen. So you remain in faith. You remain in Christ Jesus through faith in him. And how does your faith grow? Your faith grows by hearing the word of God. Over and receiving it and molding it. And in reading it and taking it and ingesting it. Your faith grows that way. And then your faith really grows as you step out and live it. You are maturing in his word. You, you recognize that you're really maturing when you're actually living it. Because you're not really maturing if you're just hearing it and not doing it. Amen. Hallelujah. How many is this blessing this morning? Just it's, it's being laid clearly before you. The way of the kingdom. 
It's very simple form. So you can't do it in your own strength, in your own ability, in your own might. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So I have been freed from the law of sin and death. So that's Romans uh, chapter 8 and verse 2 says, For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. In other words, this flesh, this the sinful flesh, the body, it could not fulfill it. So God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk, not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So he gave us his Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. So let let me make it easier maybe to understand. For they that are after the world do mind the things of the world. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit, or they that are after the kingdom of heaven, the, the kingdom of heaven, the ways of the kingdom of heaven. Well, we have the Holy Spirit always on the inside of us, prompting us to do what is right. So we're stuck with no excuse for the decision of choosing sin. He's going off like an alarm. Stop, stop, stop. And if we purposely violate that and step out and do that, we begin to sear our conscience. Now, if you found yourself in that place, is there still hope? Yes. While you're still breathing, there is hope. But it's not a great place to be. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is an enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God nor indeed can be. And this is where we see a lot of believers there. They believe in the Lord, but they haven't gained this revelation, so they wind up in confusion. They wind up being a mess. They they look, and then they come out and minister the gospel to others, and they're like, I don't want what you have. But yet in their heart, they still love the Lord. There's still this this whole thing, but but they still keep violating their conscience. And they get themselves all mucked up and, and in pain. And, and, and then eventually, if they don't change, they f- fall away completely. And let that not be. That's a warning to everyone in this house. I don't want one of you to fall away. And in the name of Jesus, not one of you will fall away from the goodness of God, from the salvation. And I know that there's been theologians that they've talked about the line, where that line could be at. And quit trying to figure out where the line's at. I think it's different for different people probably. It's all about the heart. It's all about the matters of the heart. And you'll never know the, 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 the mind of man. You'll never know the heart of man. You're just not. God knows it. God knows the heart of man. God knows where he's at. 
You trying to figure out, you're going to be confused all the days of your life. You just want to find out God's heart. That's the one thing that you're allowed to find out. God says, here, you, you can know my heart, but you only can know it by receiving of my spirit and giving yourself to my word and truth and fellowshipping with me and being with me. Amen. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So if I'm in the flesh, I can't please God. I don't know, I want to please God. Well, if you want to please God, be in faith. Have faith in Christ Jesus. Have faith in the finished work of the cross. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. So here he is. He's encouraging them. You're not in the flesh. You're in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man has not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwells within you. That is amazing. He quickens. He makes alive your mortal body. Well, what's your mortal body? That's this. This, this thing is quickened by the spirit of God. That means every sickness, every disease has to go. When you surrender to the spirit of the living God, when you surrender completely to the, to the Lord, and you cut off those things of the world, you cut it off, You're, you can't help to walk in divine health. I, I mean, did Jesus walk around complaining about, you know, earaches? They talk about you just have to endure sickness. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't tell blind Bartimaeus, oh, you're just going to have to endure it for another year and then you'll be healed. Or how about the man who, who, who after he laid his hands on him and then he says, what do you see? He says, I see men as walking like trees. In other words, he couldn't see clearly still. And so, he, he, he did it again. He, he prayed over him again, and then he saw clearly. He didn't say, oh, that's good. Okay, good enough, and walk away. He made sure that he walked in divine health and divine healing. I don't think Jesus ever suffered from a flu or a fever. The only time that he suffered sickness and, and it, when it was laid on him on Calvary's cross. Amen. When, when, when he took those stripes on his back, it was for our healing. All sin was laid on him. So he experienced probably the most extreme thing, not just physically, but spiritually. Mental, the mental anguish that he even went through. I mean, we, we live here in Kitsap County. You got the mental health facility right up the road, and you see all kinds of people dealing with mental anguishes. He bore that. He took that. 
So the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus will quicken the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. Therefore, brethren, verse 12, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. So you're not indebted to live to the flesh. You don't, own, you don't owe the world nothing. You don't own the flesh nothing. You don't owe sin nothing. What do I have to do with you and you with me? I've been crucified to you and you've been crucified to me. I've been executed to you and you've been executed to me. What do you have to do? So when that demon comes along to tempt you, to go, oh, it, it, it's just a little bit. It's not going to. No. You say, no. Because it was just a little bit. I mean, what's the big deal? God, you know, you can have fruit. You're not going to surely die. We're talking about this just at the beginning. And then the temptation came to Eve. She looked and behold, the, the fruit looked good to eat. It's the bait of Satan. How many of you felt that you've been, had the whole thing and you fell for it? It dangled in front of you, the bait of Satan. That, that temptation. And I'm not just talking about the temptation of just bad sin, things that we know that sin, but other things. Sins of the heart, jealousy. These hidden things that we don't deal with. It, it hangs there. And you feel that temptation to grab onto it. Uh, unholy anger, like a like this this uh, you just want to be just you want to just tear things apart. Like you're just like ah, uh, this unrighteousness, uh, uh, anger that just just rises up, and you just yeah. there's that temptation to just give into that. Yeah. And in your mind, it's justified, but in His Word, it's not. That's why we have to be given to the Spirit, the life of the Spirit. And Jesus made the way through his blood. And he's given us his grace, his ability to say no to sin, his ability to live in this holy place with God. To experience his goodness and his joy that that's unspeakable and full of glory to experience this life that is abundant, excessive, too much. That's what Jesus said. I've, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly, excessive, over more than enough life than you can possibly do anything with in a sense. You, it's just flowing out of you. you. You're leaking the life of God everywhere. But when you're leaking, it's not like this leaking of like it, the levels coming down. It's a leaking of like this, your head's exploding with this life and it's still just pouring out all over the place. Life just springing up all over. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens, opens doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Spring up a well. Splish, splash. Then my soul spring up a well. And it'll make me whole. Spring up a well. And be through me that life abundantly. Well, we break, we break. I, wonder, I wonder when that was written. Somebody needs to look it up. 
80s? I just remember it was back in the 80s a lot. That was in the days, man. I mean. <laughs> but it's a good one. And it's true. Amen. Hallelujah. Overflowing with the life of God. It's exploding out of you. And Jesus says those who are thirsty, he cried up. He actually stood up and began to shout with a loud voice. All those who are thirsty, come unto me. And out of your belly shall flow forth rivers of living water. And John finished writing, and he was speaking about the Holy Ghost who had not yet been given. But he's been given now. And you can have a river flowing out of you, the life of God, that will set the captives free, will make the lame to walk and the blind to see, the deaf to hear. hear. Come on. To bring to right mind those who, whose minds have been just scattered. Come on. Those who've been oppressed, delivered. Come on. You can look around the earth and see all those who are oppressed, those who are in anger, those who are in fear, those who are in rage. They're, they're just afraid. They don't know what they want. They just need Jesus. They need the life of God. They need the peace of God. We need to be mad at the enemy, yes. not at the man. That's right. And just begin to step out with that boldness and preach the cross of Christ. And just to let you know this, that you're not going to be loved. They're not going to like that message. Some will run to it and receive. But understand that you are going to come under persecution. You're going to come under fire for preaching the gospel and preaching the truth. Look what happened to Jesus. Jesus said, if they hated me, they're going to hate you also. So we need to be prepared and ready for that. That means that they love the darkness rather than the light, and that's the reason why they would reject it. They, say, they, just, they still love the darkness too much. And that's why we pray. That's why we get on our faces. That's why we'll fast and pray so that we can see these things destroyed and broken off of mankind so that they can, they can truly hear and receive the truth of God's word and experience an encounter I, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, the stronghold that has been on this city and that men's minds have been throttled by the enemy, I take authority right now. And we command the veil to be removed and I command their eyes to see your goodness, your love, your mercy and they shall be delivered and the anointing shall go forth with might and power through these that are sent hear that they will release the anointing that's on their life and because of that anointing the power of the enemy is destroyed 
in Jesus' name in their life. And they shall be able to receive truth, accept truth, and be delivered in the name of Jesus. And have true peace and brought into relationship with you. We're going to see a mighty shaking in this city. We're going to see a mighty shaking in Kidsap County. We're going to see a mighty shaking in this state. In Jesus' name. Because we got a room full of doers in this house. I speak it. I prophesy it. We have a room full of individuals who are doers of the word and not just hearers only. Those that will lay hands on the sick. Those that will cast out devils. Those that will speak in new tongues. Raise the dead. You said raise the dead? Yes. Come on, we've had, we've had a brother here come here, was dead for an hour and 40 minutes, hour and 45 minutes, saw heaven and just, I mean, you're dead for an hour and 45 minutes, and then if you come, they manage to recess, your brain's gone, your organs are already toast, there's no way, that's a miracle in itself that he came back, he had to have miracles all over in his body to take place, just for him to come back to his body. I think you're brain dead after what? 15 minutes? And he was dead dead. Yeah. And it's documented. It's metal docu- medically documented. I also picked up another man. I mean, he was dead for three days. He actually he had embalming fluid in his veins. That's a miracle. Under Reinhard Bonnke. <laughs> and nobody even laid hands on him. It was the faith of his wife. She grabbed a hold of that scripture in Hebrews. And their women received their dead back to them. To life. And she grabbed a hold of that scripture... And, and what happened is he, his brakes gave out going down a hill. He was a preacher. And he ran straight into a concrete wall because it was a teed section. His brakes gave out. Just, I mean, blood was already out of his mouth. I mean, it was, sounded like he was pretty much dead on impact. And she begged her father-in-law, take him to run hard bonkey's meeting. Take him. And I mean, she kept on it. And the father-in-law says, I, I didn't want to do it, but I did it because I didn't ever want to have to have her living in complete yeah. just offense with me for the rest of my life. <laughs> and uh, it was three days already. Yeah. And, they took, and they took them in there with the hearse. They pulled it out. They were going to take him into the service, and they're like, no, 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 no. We don't need to have this. Put him in the basement. And they put him on a table. And they even have footage of this part where they started filming where his, his chest started going up and down. He, he was up there preaching. He was preaching upstairs. The power of God came downstairs. But it was because of her faith that the anointing of God the resurrection life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. 
and you have the resurrection and life in you. That's why when you lay hands on the sick, they are made whole. The same spirit that is in Christ Jesus has been given to you. And this is the standard. We are to live the standard of living in the miraculous. Because that is the life of God. That is the way of God. That is who he is. Matter of fact, he didn't have to have all of that until death did come. Till sin did enter in. Till Adam and Eve did miss the mark and disobeyed. Death came to all mankind because of them. What do you mean death? Death, separation between us and God. Where their spirit man on the inside died. The spirit man still lived, but it was dead to God. Once you're created, you're, you're being created for eternity. It's not like if you miss it, all of a sudden you cease to exist and you're destroyed. So there's eternal punishment or there's eternal life in Christ. And God's a good father. He made a way for all mankind. And I know the way that men think, they go, well, what about these guys in deep jungles and nobody is reaching? No, no. God knows how to reach them. You don't even go there. We've heard many testimonies where Jesus shows up in monks' temples and just saying, I'm the way. Some Shaolin monk, you know. No, it's, it's true. If you seek truth from your heart, he'll show you. He'll come. He'll reveal himself to you. So... You have this resurrection power on the inside of you. Why? How? Because you believed in the cross of Christ. You believe in Jesus. You believe that he died. You believe that his blood cleansed you of all unrighteousness. And because of that, you believe that you were raised with him with, in the newness of life. You have his resurrection life on the inside. You, so you have this great treasure in your earthen vessel and it's powerful it's powerful so he's called you to step out and let that resurrection life just come that's what he's saying he's saying let your light so shine Don't put a bowl over yourself. Don't be this cloaked Christian and decide to throw off the cloak from time to time. But you be shining. And send the enemy running. And be the man, the woman of God that he's called you to be. You're restored back to original tent for a purpose. Yes. 
You were born for such a time as this. Say, I am born born for such a time as this. You haven't just been born again so that you can sit in church and just kind of hold on till Jesus comes back. And then just do your religious duty on Sunday or on a Wednesday and then just go about your week and, 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 and no acknowledgement of God. That's not Christianity. Amen. It's living in Him. Living in Christ. Living with the life of Christ. Hallelujah. And I was going to minister on the standard, but this is still the standard. So just today, right now, see it take just five minutes. I know I'm serious. We do have communion to take too still, so. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and the glory from the rising of the sun. And when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard against him. You as a born-again born child of God have the Spirit of the living God on the inside of you. Let him raise up that standard. And Jesus is the standard. And I pretty much laid that out. And we will come back and we'll minister on that again. I'm going to hit on that. Um, it was a powerful time I'm at, at the stand yesterday morning. But uh, we just talked about the standard, that Jesus is the standard, the banner that's lifted. And you will be lifted. The church is to be lifted. The church is to be the standard. And we're part of the body of Christ. Amen? So we are to be lifting up a standard. The enemy's coming in. There's pressures on every front. There's pressures everywhere. Throughout the earth, not just this nation, but throughout the earth. But we must lift up Jesus. And we must allow him to rise up big on the inside of us through being in his truth and the word, meditating on his word, fellowshipping with him and being with him, living, learn to live by the spirit, speak in tongues, pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit. Because you're building up your most holy faith, the Bible says, when you speak in the unknown tongue. You're building yourself up. Amen. When he means unknown, unknown to the natural mind. You can know by the Spirit. And we'll teach on that at another time. But it's for you. You learn the ways of the Spirit. 
that you're in step with the Holy Ghost. It's not just, oh, I'm just living for Jesus. No, you're in step with him. You're hearing what the Spirit of the Lord is having you to do. It's not just I do what I want. It's not do it myself ministries. It's whatever you want, Lord. Even down to the jobs that you work, the things that you do, you hear God. Well, there's another, I have a off job offer over in this, this other state here, and, it, and the pay's better. Well, is there a good church there? Is there a place that you can plug in? No, you, you bloom where you're planted. If God called you and there's an offer that comes up somewhere else with more money, you don't take it. If God's called you to a household. Because God will see it, he'll recognize it, and he will bless you. He will increase you. He will say, okay, I'll, I'll bless you. I saw your heart there. You, you stayed where you're at. You didn't run after the almighty dollar. You stayed seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness so all these things could be added unto you. you, you I see that, so I'm going to take care of you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. This is what the Lord wanted to bring. I know that we could have had... The Holy Ghost is in this place. Just let you know. We don't always have to be swinging on the chandeliers. It's not too late. <laughs> now you can't open your heart. Let Him fill you and flood you. And like I said, just open your heart. Let Him fill you. And then the response will be what He wants it to be. Like, like the joy of the Lord or the... The fire of God or whatever happens, you just open your heart and let him do what he does. He'll be fine. That's all he wants. He just wants yielded vessels. He just wants you to open up. That's it. And then you start being, learning to be obedient. Matter of fact, in services like this, it teaches you how to, how to be more obedient in the voice of the Lord. When you see the joy of the Lord just flowing, then open up. Let him, let him flood you and fill you. You learn, you learn how to yield to the Holy Ghost. I mean, if the, you know, the anointing's dropping and there's a spirit of prophecy that's dropping and people are having tongues and interpretation in tongues, open up and just yield. And learn the ways of the Spirit. And He may give you a word to speak. Amen. But there's that learning to flow with the Spirit. Because obviously I'm ministering right now. So somebody jumping up in the middle. Hey, I got a word. That's not in the flow of what the Holy Ghost is doing. Right? Or if anybody else was up ministering. Or how about somebody had a, had a word of the Lord, and then you jump, I got a word too, right? And right when they're prophesying, obviously that's not the flow of the Holy Ghost. That's disorder. And that's what Paul talked about in, in 1 Corinthians 14, in bringing order into the church. Everybody was all that in a bag of Doritos. Amen. Hallelujah. I did pretty good. 
Well, we're just going to have, we're just going to just come to the table of the Lord this morning. If you could, I mean, you know, it's really fitting too, like how we started the service about just, we come to the Father through the blood of Jesus. That he cleansed us. And Jesus talked about that in order to be saved, in order to have this relationship, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. And it offended. Let me grab one. Just warning you guys right now, these aren't that good. So, But we're doing it unto the Lord. And then grab the clear... The, the clear part here, the clear, the clear part first. If you start doing this, you'll have a harder time. And we don't, and the teens, you don't have to like say anything right now about it. Okay, you, it's too much distraction if you guys talk about it and play around with the rice foam. Okay. But let's, but now let's get our hearts on the Lord right now with this. Amen. I said, I preset it so nobody's like, oh, like right when we're taking this. <laughs> it's gluten free for those that are conscious of that. <laughs> but anyway, all right, let's, 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 let's get this back here. That was kind of my fault. Yes, it is. Not kind of, it is my fault. Holy Ghost. Amen. And so, Jesus said, you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they were offended because they didn't understand. They tried to understand it in their own natural thinking. He says, you know, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. You are actually what has taken place through your acceptance of the precious blood of Jesus, what takes place through now your continued fellowship with him is taking, it's eating. Every time you are opening the word of God, you're consuming the flesh of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're becoming one with him. You were made one with him through the blood of the cross and everything, but you begin to mature. You begin to grow, right? Like a child. You continue to grow. You mature in Christ Jesus. You know, when we had Easton, he was little, he was, you know, but he had to eat to grow, to mature. We didn't just say, oh, okay, you're on your own now. Well, he wouldn't have matured, and he would have no longer been a part of the family, right? That would be a huge failure on our part. But even when newly born again people come to the Lord, it's our part as the body to encourage them to grow in his word and his truth. Now, yes, I probably can't just run over to your house and... Hey, you need to read the word this morning. 
but we encourage you. We pray for you. We set up times to have Bible studies or, or whatever. We have a whole discipleship course for a lot of you that have come to the Lord recently or those of you that want that. We will have people to work with you. But that's what it is. You're communing with him. You're fellowshipping with him. And you grow and you, you mature. You, you learn the ways of the Spirit. You learn the ways and the thoughts and the heart of God. That's what it means to, to eat and to drink, to eat of Jesus Christ, to drink of his blood. And this is that representation of what he's done. And when you do it in faith, because he said do this as often, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. What are we remembering? We're remembering the price he played on Calvary's cross, that his body was broken for us, for our health, for our healing, to deliver us from sickness, to deliver us from disease, to deliver us from mental anguish. You've been made free. And so take this bread right now. He said, this was broken for you. This is my body that is broken for you. Take it and eat it. So Father, I just thank you for your body. Jesus, I thank you for your body that was broken for us. So that we could have divine health, divine healing. We take it in faith in Jesus' name. We receive of this right now. Take it and receive. And in like manner, Jesus took the cup and said, This is the blood. Of the covenant. That you've been made one with me. I know he didn't add the one with me. But I'm adding that. That you've been made one with him. To cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Of all wickedness. Of all sin. But the purpose of his blood was not just to cleanse you. But to cause you to be one with Father God. To be one with the Son, and to be one with the Spirit. That was the purpose of His blood. And so right now, just take this and thank Him that you have been cleansed of all unrighteousness and take this in a worthily manner. And right now, Lord, if there's anything, I should have done this earlier, if there's anything that we have done that has displeased you, forgive us. Yes. Cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And right now we receive your forgiveness and your love in Jesus' mighty name. Take it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
It's not a somber meal. It's a happy meal. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. It brings about joy. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Oh, Lord, you're so good. And Father, I just thank you for each person here today, that you touch them with your power, with your might, that you work within them. I thank you for healing in their bodies right now, that you're touching bodies right now. You're quickening their body right now by your spirit in Jesus' name. Just open your heart and receive your healing. You need a healing in your body. Just receive it right now. He'll touch you right where you're at in your seat. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Just let the Lord touch you right now. Just, just receive from heaven right now. Just let him, let him work in you right now. Let him touch your heart. Let them straighten things out that need to be straightened out. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just, I still feel I need to, to do this. And I know already, we already took communion, and, but... Today, right now, the Spirit of God has been working in your heart. You felt these promptings that you need to give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to surrender everything over to Him. You believe in Him, but, but you haven't been really living the life. And, and you're like, I want to live fully for the Lord. And so right now, If that's you, now is the time to turn your back on sin. Now is the time to, to, to say no more. I, I, turn, I turn away from it and I'm going after the, you, Lord Jesus, with my whole heart. And I'm going to run after you. I'm tired of the enemy throttling me. I'm tired of the enemy batting me around and me falling on my face over and over again. Having bad attitudes, having fits of anger, having fits of rage, having these things where uh, uh, falling uh, to, to these temptations again. Now is the time to stand up and say no to sin. And if that's you right now, then just lift your hands. Nobody here is judging you, so there's no reason to be afraid. Everybody's cheering you on. If, you, if you're saying, I'm done, because nobody's judging. And if that's you, and I see those hands. All right, come forward. Come forward.